Hello and welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and a look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica and I'm your host. My name is Cassandra and I'm your other host. What's up, girl? Hi. <laughs> I've been waking up. I've been like telling dreams in my joke, uh, jokes in my dreams. <laughs> okay. So I've you're just been, laughing at night? I've been, been trying to write them down as soon as I wake up. It is, you know how that never works out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, God, okay, okay. And but I, rem- I in my dream, I'm like, as soon as you get up, it's like oh, a yeah. lucid dream where it's like, as soon as your eyes open, you have to write this down because it's going to be gone. It's going to be sand as soon as you get out of bed. So I've been, uh, you know, it's a con- it's a dream effort to be like, write this down. This is gold. And then the minute my eyes open, I'm like. Wait, why was like sand and orange juice funny? What the fuck? What? I write so many good movies and scripts and stuff when I'm yeah. in my dreams. And then I wake up and I'm like, I vaguely remember what the plot was. But like, how does that even make sense? Yeah. <laughs> but I had one this morning and I was like, you got to write that down. This one's going to be like past. This is like what but people would have written on the pyramids or like uh, on the walls of Pompeii before the. the- uh-huh the volcano came you know what i mean (laughs) the original joke (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh and welcome to trashy 103 welcome to trashy 103 in the morning erica (laughs) i heard i was driving to you know my walk my long morning walk which you know we'll i'll get into later why i can't do that anymore i feel like the car is always set to a radio station i want to say it's like alt 98.7 la and so in the morning they have the woody show and you know sometimes i just immediately get in the car and turn on my book my podcast my music whatever other times i'm like this is a four minute drive it's not gonna kill me to listen to the woody show for four minutes and the other day i was listening to woody show and they were like the Girl Scouts are coming out with a new cookie and everyone's like, wow, wow, the, a new drop from the Girl Scouts, like whatever, like morning show shit. And then they went to, they proceeded to go on through a game, a game, I don't know, I say that loosely, where they discuss which Girl Scout cookies gives them full boner versus half chub, <clears throat> which... A bake, a baked a sugar flour concoction combination. Yeah. Gives this is a food <laughs> sold by children exclusively. Exclusively. You cannot buy these anywhere else but from Girl Scouts. No, no, no. Who are, who are children, little girls, little girl. Little girl. <laughs> and, Mary Cosby. Yes. And they're like, because like the new one is coming out and it's like, oh, it's like a, a sister cookie to the Thin Mint, but it's raspberry instead. The guy goes, well, you know, I don't know if I'm into that. Like, that's kind of half chub. And <clears throat> then this poor, the one woman on the, on the Woody show, like she's even having to be like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Samoas have me at full mast. And I'm like, babes, babes is the paycheck. I hope the paycheck's good. Yeah, is the hunt- patriarchy worth the paycheck? Is the worth the paycheck? You're yeah. you're having to get up at three, four in the morning to be on a morning show, you know, and then to go and just be like, yeah, Samoas give me half chub, and by the way, traffic on the five 
and 101 crossing <laughs> like just like oh i don't know now at 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 the ask if would you join this morning show oh yeah i mean sure why why not i that's a way better job than my current one yeah of course <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah um there was some, oh go ahead oh go ahead there was a morning show segment growing up and I, I, I recently, I shared it with you. I recently looked it up and it was a gentleman who did a character, a white guy who did a character who was playing like a, essentially voice blackface. And it was a, a quote, like welfare queen called Shirley Q liquor. And it, I, like it, it would just be these long segments of, of just check-ins with Shirley Q liquor and like radio host checking in with this woman. And I was like, I, when I was very young, I thought it was checking in with an actual person. And then obviously I was have aged and been like, Oh no, it was a, you know, caricature. <laughs> and I looked up an article that Rolling Stone did with this actor, like, you know, this, oh, this wow. quote comedian in 2007. And it's like, oh no, I'm just a, a white guy from Mississippi. And this is my night job is being this comedian and doing this character. And he does his act in blackface. It's not just a, a voice job that he does. Like he does this character in full fucking blackface and i was like like no one's forcing you to do that you're no they can't see you no they can't see you but he he does like night like you know nightclubs and and comedy clubs and stuff in blackface but not not but but just also (laughs) he's one of the only ordained ministers that would do lesbian and like gay weddings in mississippi like for black women in mississippi and stuff people contain multitudes (laughs) like what the (laughs) wow it i just i was like i can't believe that guy got so much radio play and has made a living off this character i'm like this is this is like a digital lynching oh it just blew my my fucking mind that that played so much throughout my childhood and yeah different times what they'll say i'm sure there's a radio station still playing this guy yeah it's you know it just goes to show how three-dimensional people are that uh the progressiveness of you know being like yeah gays and lesbians should get married and then also being like kind of an unprogressive stance of like i need to do blackface in order to do this um <laughs> character yes but you know I, what i don't know it's, i'm sure he doesn't do it now oh i i'm not gonna look up current because i no. i just can't I can't live in a world in 2022 where someone still is doing that because I'm like, there are so many current celebrities still, you know, black fishing (laughs) into a career. But yeah, I can't. I can't. Anyway. Anyway, why are you trash? Why are you trash? All right. So I said uh, earlier that I couldn't, I can't do my walks for a little while. Uh, Reason being is I sprained my ankle. Sprained her. Sprained her good. We did did a 5K last Saturday, which was fantastic it was really fun if you listen to this podcast you've 
kind of been getting little hints and talks about my running journey of, you know, nearly shitting my pants in the neighborhood to now I'm running races and check out my self-help book coming out soon called nearly shitting your pants to running races in a month. (laughs) Here's how I did it. You know, I didn't sprain my ankle at the race. I sprained it like a couple days later on a walk because I didn't give my body enough time to like chill. Cause I was like, well, what do I need to chill for? I've been doing this three miles every other day, but like mm-hmm. when you're in the race, you know, you start running more and whatever. So anyways, it doesn't matter. All that is to say the reason why I'm trash is I went a pandemic length amount of time without showering during all of this. And So like I showered after the race on Saturday. I think I showered again on Sunday because we'd done some outdoor activities. I was sweaty, whatever. Monday comes along and that's when I, you know, start hurting myself and whatever. And then the day gets away from me. You don't shower. Fine. I just showered Sunday. I don't usually shower every day anyways. It's not good for your hair. Um, But I could have rinsed off, whatever. Tuesday comes along and my partner leaves to go to San Diego on a fishing trip and my ankles still hurting, still hurting, but the day gets away from me. I don't shower, whatever. Wednesday, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like my ankle's going to explode and that's not good. I'm going to go to urgent care tomorrow, Thursday, and get this looked at. I better shower before I go to urgent care. But then the day got away from me and I didn't do it. I was like, my hair is greasy. I better shower before I go to urgent care. But then at that point, my partner was like, can you just wait? Because if your ankle is that hurt, I don't want you to fall in the shower. So I was like, fuck it. Fine. I'll put a hat on. I'll go. So I'm, you know, four days now without showering. My hair gets really, really greasy. I put dry shampoo in. I put a hat on, whatever. Sprained my ankle was what I found out. And then Thursday, it just, I'm like, my partner's back, but he's got to go run errands and I can't shower when he's gone. And then the day just got away from me again. And I was in pain and I want to Friday comes along. The day gets away from me. He keeps leaving to run errands. When am I ever going to shower? And then it's like, I'm, I'm done with work. And I'm like, well, we'd, I'd been sober like all of August, but now that my ankle is busted, I was like, I don't want to fucking be sober anymore. I'm a, I'm dirty. I'm broken. I would like to drink. And so I wanted to drink and I was like, let's get these cocktails going. Like I'm going to wash all the sheets because I'm so filthy. Everyone in this house, by the way, needed a shower. The dog stinks. You know, my partner needs a shower. I needed a shower. And it's like, I'm going to wash all the sheets. Everyone's going to shower tonight. And, you know, whatever. But then like, it's like, then the presence of cocktails came up and I was like, well, I got to do that. I finally showered today. So this is six days that I went without bathing. And I don't think I've done that since the early days of COVID. And it was, it just felt gross. I felt gross. I didn't know how I got it that far, but then I was like, of course you let it go this far you're a dumpster. If only there was a way for us to not stand 
and have water drip over us. If you come at me and but, you suggest that I took should have taken a bath when it's 90 plus degrees outside no, every day. Hear me out. Hear me out. And this is what I have evolved because of years of depression is a sitting shower. It's a, just a bath that you do where you don't plug up the water and you just run the water from the tap. You sit down and you do a quick rinse. It's like a shower, but you control the water flow with a cup. Well, I, I can't do, one- do that. It's too European and I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> I did have that thought. I was like, oh, why don't I get in there and just try to do the whole thing seated? But I was in Paris, January, 2020 and had a difficult, like I, the place where we were staying didn't have a standing shower, which I didn't know I needed to look for. But now I know whenever you go to Europe, make sure your shit has a shower and not just some fucking bathtub with a, you know, extendy leash or whatever. And I couldn't get my hair. I couldn't get all the shampoo and conditioner out of my hair. Mm -hmm. And so I had to do, and Paris was like the last stop on our trip. So I had to do like the final four days of our trip with just a fucking grease cake for in the back of my head. So I'm doing scarves. I'm doing... (laughs) ponytails whatever I can do to hide how disgusting I was so yeah I I just I wasn't gonna sit there with a cup I couldn't do it I think I'd rather just uh I was apparently preferred just rolling in my own filth I I mean I've been there I get you but I I'm gonna say I shower maybe once a week to wash my hair the rest of my hygiene routine consists of me sitting in the bathtub and rinsing like as if an imaginary parent is just taking a cup to me and rinsing (laughs) me off like I'm a baby (laughs) but it's me I'm I'm the parent I'm the one operating the cup and and doing the scrubbing and yeah yeah (laughs) wash my dogs with cups I don't know (laughs) Yeah, well, I feel like we shared a lot today. <laughs> we really, really have. All that everyone has learned is that I am fucking disgustingly filthy and uh, that uh, one minor inconvenience like spreading my ankle was enough to get me to quit being sober. That's what you've learned. Why are you trash? Well, I I mean, so many, so many things. I, I told you, I have a running document where I just am like, oh, that was trashy. Better write it down. So I'm I'm scrolling through and I was trying to find something that that mimics or or you know captures the essence of what you just said, but I I really don't have anything close. And so I'm just gonna go back into the ether and I'm gonna say growing up, I grew up in a really small town in rural Oklahoma, and the height of luxury were two things. Two things. If you went on a first date to Red Lobster. Uh-huh. A surf and turf was, I, I mean, a Red Lobster was, oh my God. A, does this boy have money? And are you going to get married if you Ooh. go to a Red Lobster on a first date? And the second was, oh my God, she gets her nails done at the mall. <gasps> the mall it wasn't just was there another nail salon in town i'll never know because i only got my nails done at the mall i wanted other people to see me getting my nails done 
Absolutely, because At those storefronts the of the mall, all windows. All windows. All windows. And all windows. Oh, wow, that's great. I haven't thought about getting my nails done in the mall in a really, really long time. Like I would never do that now. But like, wow, only, you just brought you brought something up in me. <laughs> only special occasions, you know, like like a prom or or, or something. But it was sure. like, oh, I and we would call to get like the best reservation. And but it was also when are other people going to be there to uh-huh. see me? Yeah getting my nails done and French tips, French acrylic tips, French manicure, acrylic tips at the mall. And also how much do you, t- you know, it's like, Oh, I always tip them $5. Absolutely. Here's which was like for you and a five for, I you. for you. Yes. Yes. Which was probably at that time, me thinking, God, I'm, I must be a Rockefeller. They must love it when I come in. <laughs> I, I'm sure manicure costs $12. At the, I have no idea. It may uh, have been appropriate on the, t- at the time. I think at the time it was appropriate to scale, but it, yeah. Uh, getting your nails done at the mall. Uh, sure. An offshoot. It could have been the best you know, nail salon in town was across the street, but I would never go because no one would see me. No, you weren't going to go to a mini mall, like no. nail salon, even though that's where you go now. You got to. Oh, that's where you go now. Yeah, that's where you go now. But yeah, it, yeah. Going to a red, oh yeah, getting your nails done to then go on a first date to a red lobster. Wow. 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 That's how you knew a girl was classy, you know? So uh, that was, that was such a, such a moment in time. Such a moment in time, but yeah, the mall nail salon. Those chunky French tips too. I mean, just, I mean, like five centimeters thick. Oh yeah. Couldn't do a damn thing with them, but man, do they sound good? It just like, also just the sound of a thick acrylic against like a Nokia phone hitting T9 to text. (laughs) Bang, 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 bang. Yes. 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 Or a razor. A razor. Yeah, yeah, a flip yeah. Phone. A razor. And if listeners, if you don't understand, please Google a, a, the the height of a pink razor phone. I have the pink one. Did you have the pink one? I had a silver, and I was so ew. Angry. I my dad didn't understand how important a pink razor phone for me was, and he was like. Well, this one's cheaper and it's functional. It's the same phone. It's the same phone. And I was like, it's not like pulling my hair out, almost about to cry again for having a a, a thing more powerful than what put a man on the moon. You know what I mean? Like the computer and a fucking razor phone is more (laughs) powerful than what the computers that put a man on the moon. Allegedly. Allegedly. But I was just about to cry, putting pulling my hair out, just being like, "It's I need the the pink." Jenny has the pink one. Wow, had yeah. to have the pink one, but I had the silver and felt like a peasant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably look like one too. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, that's the equivalent of having like an eight crayon and somebody else having sixty four crayons. You know. Mm-hmm. I uh I had the pink one. God, of course then, you did. Of course you did. But then I was like over it and <laughs> needed a sidekick to a point where I was like 
16 or 17 being like, mom, I need to leave your plan on Verizon, change my number completely so that I can get onto a phone plan at T-Mobile so that I can get a sidekick. Good God. Yeah. I I wonder what phone plan the subject of our first story has. I'd be so curious what, what phone plan they have, you know, are they using burners? Like how, how do they, you know, who, who support, is this AT&T? Is this, you know, what European phone plan do they have? Orange. Isn't that one of the European ones? Orange. Um, So our first story from the dailymail.co.uk. I know you guys wanted to hear me and Erica keep talking about our cell phones. The mafia's TikTok generation infuriate their bosses by flaunting their flashy lifestyles of cars, clubs, and champagne on social media. I love the idea of a Gen Z mafia person of like, Mm -hmm. it's the daughter's birthday for me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and so what I'm I've also read basically so it's it's the Gen Z that are talking you know on on social media, they're 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 you know they're living the flashy lifestyle of of the clubs the money the cars, but then it's the old guys, so it's it's the you know the guys that are in like their 80s and 90s that are like, what the fuck do I have to live for? I'm tough. I fucking tell everybody. I of course I killed them. I did this. You know it's the old guys that are also starting to talk about their lives because they just want to be like what what am i gonna do take this with me of course i'm gonna tell the good stories so the old guys that used to do it are starting to talk and tell stories so it's the fucking middle class boomers that are trying to hold the mafia together (laughs) they're just stressed out in the middle just being the millennial the millennial and gen x just like a reflection of normal society (laughs) trying to hold it together the boomers being like, I'm going to tell everything and you guys are ungrateful and don't want to work. And then the Gen Z being like, I put a horse head in his bed. No cap. No cap. Here's a, here's a TikTok of it. So, so the gangsters in Naples, they're using social media and they're just showing, again, their they're flashy lifestyle. So Crescenzo Marino, a son of a Camorra boss, has 43,000 followers and nearly you know 900,000 likes. He is now private on TikTok. I have requested him on both Instagram and social and TikTok, but he has not yet accepted my like. So I don't know if I'm hot enough. Why be on social? No, you are hot enough for a mafia person. So I don't know if I am. Thank you so much, but I do not know if I am because he lives a very, very flashy life and the people that he interacts with are are very hot and he loves dog maybe if i was a dog he loves like a pit bull maybe if i i make like a very popular pit bull instagram or buy like 50,000 pit bull followers and follow him i don't know anyway we'll 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 dream this up later but yeah you know you've got the fan <laughs> i don't know what i want to say next because i'm in between two things i'm going to go ahead and say this girls if you're crazy hot, just so happen to be crazy hot, don't don't get involved with these mafia guys. This no amount of money mm-hmm. is worth getting involved in crime. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to. I'd like to think. You know, 
like Lamborghinis, they got to be hard to get in and out of. Think your dress, your, think about your dress. Like you have to, it's a, it's a very delicate in and out because they're a very low car. So you have to like delicately get at, uh, yes, it's hard to not flash getting in and out of a Lambo or a Ferrari. Remember when we were younger and like the jeans were lower? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who had like a sports car. And I would never like, and we would go get Froyo all the time and he would want to drive in his sports car. I found out later he had a crush on me. I don't know why I didn't put that together before, but the jeans were lower back then. And so trying to get in and out of his car, I was like, and the jeans so stretchy, they still are, but they were very stretchy and low back then. And so like, I was like, how am I going to get out of this car without showing my entire ass, you know? These are the things that (laughs) the modern 22 year old hot girl needs to remember. How are you going to get out of this car without showing your whole ass? Stick to nice boys. Yeah. Yeah. Marino has, you know, uh, pictures of him with playing with pit bulls, meeting with well-known rappers, cruising around Paris in a Ferrari. He also takes to the short form media service to publicize vendettas and make alliances. Following the murder of a man linked to the Carrillo Perfetto plan, TikTok message warned the police, we are giving you a week to arrest them or we will raise hell against them ourselves. Wow. Wow. So this is like the first time that these, you know, gangsters have had a direct way to speak about their lives. Did you know that the cartel in Mexico has a PR like wing now? Um, I mean, no, tell me about it, please, because I'm fucking fascinated there uh, taylor's fishing trip that he was supposed to go on uh was supposed to be in mexico and then they decided to change it because there's like a lot of things going on right now in mexico Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. they're saying it's like very like it's not very safe to go to tijuana or you know stuff like that and they would have had to go through tijuana to get to where they were anyways not safe Mm -hmm. and it's like the cartel pr you know, just putting out being like, hey, like, LOL, we're kind of like upset because the Mexican government is like arresting our people and we don't like that. So, hey, we're the new cartel, not like that stinky old one. And we don't want to kill innocent people. So everyone be in bed by eight o'clock because after eight o'clock, you know, carnage in the streets. That's the deal. And I'm like, oh, this is nice having the cartel have a PR, you yeah, know, yeah. like it's, it's informing people like, Hey, like don't come to Tijuana. And like, if you're in Tijuana, like just be in bed by eight, because after eight o'clock we are going crazy. And that's our statement. I like it. I mean, I mean, they've always done PR in some way because the, I mean, uh, you know, the uh, narcos have always been I don't know, like somewhat men of the people in the way of like, oh, we, we've given to charity. We fed people. You know what I mean? Like they've sure. always used PR in some way, you know, like they're not just destroying communities and, and blood. They've always been like, oh, well, we've given back. We've paid for this. We've we've given we've built these hospitals. We built this, you know, so they've always utilized PR in some way. You know, they're not just. They, they, they couldn't do it if they were just destructive. You know, they've always 
had that balance in some way. But now that I like that, they're just like, oh no, we've hired the best PR firm (laughs) and and they're issuing official statements. (laughs) Yeah. The official statement from the cartel is blank. Is Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I, I, I don't like it, but at least they're doing that and issuing official warnings and giving civilians you know the the flow anyway but, speaking yeah. of i don't like it <laughs> yep, yep 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 our next story from vice.com ring nation is amazon's reality show for our surveillance dystopia i kind of thought this was a joke but Mm-mm. it's like Mm-mm. This is Amazon's newest effort to normalize its surveillance network. It'll feature footage from ring surveillance cameras and commentary from comedian Wanda Sykes. Uh, Like, yeah. How are you getting the, I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, It's, I guess it's like going to have like America's funniest home video energy, but it's just, you know, goofy videos of like when you stumble into your house drunk and your ring camera catches the whole thing. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I I really would love to know, you know, neighbor saving neighbors, marriage proposals, military reunions and silly animals, but you know, package thieves, all sorts of stuff is going to be captured and again it's just it's just it's really normalizing things like that and and it's copaganda and you know it's it's the it's owned by the same people mgm television which is owned by amazon and big fish entertainment they ran a similar show called live pd which was centered on commentary of police footage and things like that so i think it's just you know, there's a theory, you know, how Amazon recently bought, well, they have a theory that they bought it so that they can see the map out of people's homes. Was that a theory? I thought that was just like, yeah, that's oh, I don't the point know. is like, oh. well, I mean, maybe, or maybe I was just on a more aggressive website, but yeah, because <laughs> your Roomba, if you want it to, you can, it'll map out your home so that it knows where to not go and also to like get it clean more effectively. But it's, I don't know. It's just weird that this yeah. one guy, this Jeff Bay, like Jeff Bezos guy, he's got listening devices in mm-hmm. the form of Alexa's. And I can say that out loud because she ain't plugged in. And then you've got little, little floor maps of everyone's house little cameras and we're letting it it, they're not being enforced we're letting them in for convenience yeah but it's all just this one guy who has it yeah yeah so yeah yeah you know uh, live pd was essentially like nfl red zone but for arrest and this will be somewhat similar but again with like wanda sykes fun commentary and I mean, good for her. Uh, get the work, baby. But she's also... so funny on the other two. Oh, she's so good. She's so good. Would you get a ring camera? No, I would rather hire if if I have something that would need guarded by a ring camera. I hope to have the money to just hire a live person. At that point, <laughs> you think that in order to afford housing in Los Angeles, you can also afford security guards? Just a full time person. Yes, at that point, yeah. I'm like, okay, then we'll hire somebody for forty dollars an hour that will just stand overnight, and, and and there's a shift of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a piece of me that kind of is thinking like, 
because I almost got one. Um, and I had an apartment in the valley that had like a front door and a back door. And most people would use the back door because it was the one that was like on the road. And so I was like, oh, I should just get a ring camera for out there so that I have like a doorbell back there, you know, mm-hmm. because then I know when people show up. But then I was like, I don't think I want to know <laughs> how many people that I don't want to show up are just out there. You know, like I almost feel like ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Yeah. I I watched a really great TikTok or, you know, Instagram TikTok skit. There's this comedian, Trey Kennedy. And if he's, you know, bad or alt-righty, you know, please somebody tell me, but also I think he's okay. He, uh, he has a skit where it's, uh, you know, it's a, a woman and she's like, honey, you know, um, he's like, I'm going to go, you know, throw the trash out. And he's like, please don't lock the door after me. I'm just literally walking to the trash cans at the end of the driveway. And she's like, but what if a burglar comes? He's like, it's the middle of the day. I'm walking 30 feet this way and 30 feet back. And then you see like a burglar crash down and you hear the door lock. And he's like, ah, damn, thwart it again. And he's like, all right, honey, I'm, I'm going to go walk the dog. And she's like, take your keys with you. And he's like, it's broad daylight. And so then it's a confession of the burglar. And he's like, you know, most people think that burglaries happen at night or when you're out of town, but he's like, nope, it's those 20 seconds that you forget to lock the door and it, that's when we come in you know and, it, and then you know he forgets to lock the door and he comes in he's like gotcha and she's like oh no and he's like it's just when you always forget to lock the door for just a second and I am I mean Winston could literally walk down our hallway to the trash can and I'm like lock dead both the top lock behind yeah. him and he's like no one that we have a door we have a door outside we have like they have to go through so many layers to get in here and i'm like who's to say you can trust your neighbors yes i'm like what if they want to steal the cats they're so cute are we worried that trey kennedy major influencer on instagram is alt right i don't know i he's just he's just you know a a prominent you you never know no you're right as soon as you said it i was like huh he seems pretty okay, but then there's something where people are like, well, you know that he, you know, he, he murders gerbils and he sells their fur. And it's like, well, I didn't know, you know, I don't know. I hope I that know. he's not. He's, I, he makes good, wholesome comedy. He makes wholesome, nice comedy and he seems okay, right? But who knows? Wholesome, wholesome comedy that seems to bridge the gap between you know like it, Red, ri- it rides right, right in the, right Red, in the middle blue, you know purple everyone it just seems it doesn't seem to offend it's just seems to capture a slice of life it just seems to mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway well knows? let us know uh <laughs> fingers what? crossed he's not though um <laughs> our next story comes to us from san francisco Mm-hmm. Scion of San Francisco coffee dynasty attempts to run for district attorney, realizes he needs to be an attorney to qualify. <laughs> I think that that headline is so fucking funny. I think I pulled this from not the onion, like subreddit. <laughs> I think this is where we found this story from. Yeah. So like, it's so, this is just so fucking funny. He, he, uh, he made an attempt to run for San Francisco district attorney, but it was the son of an elite coffee dynasty family, but it ended abruptly when he was told he, that he could not enter the race because he was not an attorney. So Austin Hills, whose family founded Hill Bros coffee in San Francisco in the late 1800s, (laughs) 
pulled papers to run for office on on this date, according to the Department of Elections website. A district attorney, correct me if I'm wrong, they have a lot to do with how crimes are penalized in cities. Like which is prosecuted and yeah. yeah. So it's like when something gets to the DA, they can, you know, choose to prosecute or not prosecute basically i've watched law and order for decades so i'm pretty familiar with all the da's alex mccord (laughs) i can i can name all the the da's from law and order svu um but i can't name five elected officials in la county so george gasson i think is our district attorney nithya raman is a council member uh who uh jimmy gomez calls me all the time because eric garcetti is our no mayor. good for nothing mayor shit uh adam schiff adam schiff's our uh our congress uh senator Se- no he's not a, yeah, he's a con- congressman person shit uh diane um, feinstein is california senator one like in one of them is okay. she still i think so she was at one point she's like a thousand isn't she i think she's still living honestly oh, no. and also so many of these fucking people are like a thousand she's 89 years old and yeah she's still the senator Jeez, louise anyways so i have a feeling that this rich guy was like i need to be district attorney so i can take care of the homeless people in san, in san francisco yeah a registered libertarian mm-hmm. he registered to be an independent write-in for the 2016 presidential election yeah men so, would rather but yep president then uh go to therapy yep he frequently lambasts san francisco's current mayor london breed which is maybe the best name of any person on his social media accounts and one example posting a photo of a person experiencing homelessness with a caption thank you mayor london breed he also appears to be a fan of helicopters and skiing according to his facebook account also Fuck you for posting a photo of someone without their consent like that. That is so shitty. That person did not say, yes, please take my photo and use me an example of your politics. Like, that's so shitty to do to someone. Sorry, that sets me off. Like, I hate when people do that. Also, if you if you help someone experiencing homelessness in any capacity, if you, like, give them money or socks or something like that, don't then take a photo of them and say, like, look what I did. Like, that is just fucking do the thing. That's so shitty. Oh, I can't. I, mm. All right. Anyway. Sorry. It just makes me so angry. What if they want to be taken? Pictures? If they if they say, hey, will you take my photo and tell people about this? But like, don't just say like, oh, look at this thing I did. You know what I mean? Like, don't just dehumanize them and be like, this is, you know, oh, just anyway, just uh, an example of rich men um be rich in but you know what i like this example of a rich woman who's had enough in our next story <laughs> and you know where she's from florida florida <laughs> florida woman florida woman i say rich because like who can afford red meat these days you know who can afford who can afford to throw away red meat that's what i say you know from tampafp.com a florida woman quote tired of his behavior arrested for throwing raw steak at partner Ugh. i mean was it frozen because that is truly assault <laughs> who cares if it was frozen or not she was sick of his behavior 
that's true. So she was charged with domestic. We should not make light of domestic abuse or assault in any no. capacity, but she was 42. She, her partner of 20 years were in a verbal argument. They were both intoxicated and she became very angry at the victim while he was seated in a chair and the woman subsequently picked up the stake and threw it at the victim. The meat missed its mark and landed on the armrest of the chair and the wall directly behind the victim. She admitted she tossed the meat because she was, quote, tired of his behavior and their arguing. Now, is it assaulted? Don't. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not defending, doesn't matter the gender. Assault is assault in any capacity. Domestic violence is any capacity. But if you don't... But she missed. (laughs) She missed. I was going to ask the same question. I feel like such a bad person. But, like, you missed. Can you call the police and be like, I'd like to press charges of domestic assault because she threw that stake at me. She missed. But, like, you know, had she not missed, it would have been yucky. As for the meat... In the arrest affidavit, it was listed as the weapon and was not confiscated by the police. Probably because they said, we can't cook it now. It's been on the floor. Ew, God, it's been on this Tampa Bay floor. But if, I, if the police had come in and just been like, if you rinse that off, you could throw it in the skillet. I mean, the skillet's still hot. If you rinse that off, it's going to cook off the germs. I mean, you might as well make dinner. Honestly, a little salt, a little pee, and then... Um... <sighs> no harm no foul thought it in i mean might as well eat dinner you're going to jail might as well have a meal in you you know we actually i made steaks last night with mm. our co- this is another reason why i was like I, I there's no time to shower i gotta make these steaks oh they're good we went to costco and you know it was expensive but we kept saying well it would have been more expensive if we would have went out to eat you know of that course. classic just of course you know let's get into our next story sent in by listener john Golembecki. Thanks, John. Yeah, speaking of food. You know, Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Absolutely. Which, I mean, to rebrand yourself, the champagne of beers, like what a what a great branding. Was you know that a I mean? rebrand? I, they've always been the champagne of beers, I, even I know, just though the, they are not. But just to say like, oh, us, us alcohol, we're the other alcohol of these kinds of alcohol. Oh, sure. <laughs> that would just be. <laughs> You know what I mean? They'd be like, PBR, we're the vodka of beer. You know I am. Mean? I, um, that was my go-to like 40 was the, uh, was, the, was the Miller High Life. Yeah. Yeah. I was a Mickey's gal myself, but uh, Miller High Life. Anyway, the story is Miller High Life makes an ice cream bar that tastes like dive bars. Ew. Mm-hmm. Why not make an ice cream bar that tastes like Miller High Life? Yeah, you know, yeah. So in collaboration with Tipsy Scoop, the treat includes a peanut swirl to mimic peanut shells always found on dive bar floors, as well as a hint of tobacco smoke flavor. Uh, There's also like a sourness to a dive bar. Like if you like the kind of smell that comes from like when so much dust accumulates that it becomes sticky Mm -hmm. and like like. I don't know how to, how do you encapsulate this, the taste of a place that you wouldn't want to see with the lights on? Mm-hmm. And like, so like there, there's a smell of, I'm only allowed to see my kids on the weekend, but uh-huh. I'm here instead. Uh-huh. That just comes from a dive bar. 
like it's a Wednesday and God damn it on Friday, I get the kids, you know, that you just can't capture in an ice cream bar. Yeah. Like what does it taste like when the bar is really dark, but then someone walks in the door and the sun hits everyone and they're like, everyone turns into like, it's the, the smallest, everyone has like the smallest amount of vampire in them where we're like, <laughs> must rescind from the light. Yeah. They're releasing, this is a partner with Tipsy Scoop. The ice cream bar is actually infused with Miller High Life, but they come as a six pack of the ice cream dive bars and they'll be uh, available for purchase on, oh, they already are. They became available on August 15th from tipsyscoop.com or you can get them in the Tipsy Scoops 3 New York City Barlers mm. locations. Or on Gold Belly. Tipsyscoop.com You know, it's too bad that I'm um, lactose intolerant because I, I am curious. Oh, they have one in Long Beach? Hmm. Oh, no, it's all in New York. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, Stupid. It, it does sound gross, though, doesn't it? It does sound gross, but also maybe we should try them and report back. I mean, uh, uh, yes. Will it make me sick? Of course. Uh, too much ice cream. Always going to make me not feel well. But also it feels like as journalists, we owe it to the listeners, you know? Yeah. $36 for a six pack. How do you ship... Oh, there's 5% ABV in these ice cream bars? Mm. Yeah, you got to be 21 to purchase. Got to be 21 to purchase. It's peanut swirl to bring back the saltiness of a dive bar snack. The tobacco smoke to forget that or to get the scent. Gooey caramel swirl to incorporate the sticky dive bar floor. (laughs) And fun sprinkle of carbonated candy to provide the iconic champagne of beers effervescence. (laughs) <laughs> These are the words that they're using. Effervescence. And then, of course, dark chocolate to evoke the dark wood and dim lighting. Yeah. You know? I ordered ice cream sandwich. I don't know why, but I, I, I got a, with one of my credit cards, I got an Instacart, like, premium subscription. So I was like, oh, I'm going to order. I ordered some ice cream sandwiches. And the poor delivery person drove past my house. Ugh. Like, you know, I saw the map and they drove past and then they, they just continued to circle my neighborhood. And I, I messaged, I was like, Hey, I think you just drove past. Like we, we could not get it together. And I was like, I, you know, my address is very clear. I gave them the intersection. I, I was like trying to look up my, you know, coordinates, <laughs> like four degrees North, 36 degrees, you know, whatever it was. And they could not, I was giving them landmarks, car colors, you know, everything I could do to get them to my place because I was like, you have ice cream. It's not, you, you know, any other day. I this do, out. Yeah. It's like, okay. You know, tubs of water, whatever, a, a broccoli stick, you know, fine. But I was like, you have ice cream sandwiches in your car and they are the most hideous ice cream sandwiches now because oh, they wow. just got melted and then refrozen and it just, yeah, they look homemade now. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of a nightmare, <laughs> let's get it. A, a, a true American horror story. Where else would this story happen? Yeah, let's get into this from BuzzFeed.com. Sophia Carson is defending the Netflix movie Purple Hearts, despite the backlash against it. I hope that people understand that in order for characters to grow, they need to be flawed in the beginning. I mean, 
that's just basic storytelling, Sophia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she stars as Cassie, the singer-songwriter who marries Luke, a Marine, to get healthcare benefits after being diagnosed with diabetes. Lots of backlash because apparently this movie is seen as racist, promoting anti-Arab sentiments, and it was just military propaganda. I mean, have you seen Top Gun? That's military propaganda too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and it propagates that the American healthcare system, I mean, just is like, oh, well, this is what you have to do to get healthcare instead of being like, we can fix it in America. You know what I mean? Ay-ay-ay. Yeah. So they use the invasion and deaths of 1.2 million Iraqis as a rom-com not to mention his racist friend telling her to sit down and stop it when she called him out after he was cheering with hunting some, this is a racist thing that I'm not going to say. Nope. And then, yeah, it's just a story about a Latina changing her beliefs just to be with a white military racist guy. But Sophia's like, I loved this movie. It's a love story. It's two hearts, one red, one blue, two worlds apart who are really raised to hate each other. And through the power of love, They learn to lead with empathy and compassion and love each other to turn this beautiful shade of purple. You know, it sounds like she just got in the marriage to get health insurance. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I don't know what he gets out. It doesn't explain like what he gets out of it from her, but I'd have me like, got me a wife. Like what, what does he get out of it other than hopefully learning to not be a racist dickhead? It's, Who knows? they both have been neglected by the system he's hurt in war and that doesn't seem to be ending and she's slipping through the cracks of the healthcare system so they live under one roof and in these extreme circumstances they learn to become more moderate and listen to each other and to love it just like i have notes are you gonna are you in a note-taking stage or is this finalized because- I, mean, I mean it has been viewed by like hundreds of millions of people it seems or millions of people at this point uh you know it's it's one of netflix top movies right now but hopefully they're taking notes they don't uh okay nope okay cool 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 they, you um, know that they don't um yeah, 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 yeah. they do not give a shit no of course not oh military propaganda uh, great that's that's but a horror story of the american healthcare system <laughs> she should not have to get married to not die of her diabetes yeah Yeah, babes or just like try to you know (laughs) i don't know find a different job i have no idea okay this is this is not trashy our next story but this is an american that needs our help you know speaking of patriotism from our last story i i i want to this is a call to action we have to use our platform Mm-hmm. We are taking a stand, a hard stand, okay? From NBC15.com, there's an eight-year-old known as Mullet Boy competing for the USA Mullet Championship. So uh, there's an eight-year-old from Wisconsin who is a rock star, and he's competing for the kids division of the USA Mullet Championship. And so uh, voting for this round it will end before we publish. So hopefully he makes it through to the finals. I have a question. Yeah. And I'm not trying to burst your bubble. Mm-hmm. If he's competing mm-hmm. in the kids division, mm-hmm. why should he win over any of the other kids? Why do you care about this kid more? 
Great question. Great question, Cassandra. The algorithm fed me mullet boy over <laughs> any of the other kids. So he was the most worthy. That's the way a society works, right? Like he's the he's the most worthy, right? Right. Right. It's just like if he was competing against like adults uh, in a mm-hmm. mullet championship, it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we should really support this eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Just seems like mullet boy has better mm-hmm. press and PR mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he got picked up by you know, mulletchamp.com and NBC. Well, are the other children known as mullet boy? I don't think so. He's known. I mean, he has the nomenclature. He's the nom, uh, 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 what's nom, what am I saying? He's been dubbed mullet boy. You know, I I don't like the other. Do you think that these other kids who also have mullets are probably also called mullet boy by their peers if you have a mullet you might be called mullet boy this one has just he's just the most famous mullet boy Um, i didn't mean to come in here and shit all over you i just want to you know i want to make sure we're using our our pro like our platform properly and that you know that we consider all of the mullet boys and girls before choosing well it's ten dollars for them to enter the contest all donations are going to the michigan wig foundation for kids the prize money is twenty five hundred dollars and you know how mullet boy's gonna spend his money how he's gonna buy a (laughs) go-kart you know what his family are big into racing (laughs) of course they are sorry that was a generalization but the venn diagram of mullets (laughs) to nascar the go-kart racing is is a near circle yeah maybe he's going for f1 i like that one and then the mullet boy this whole time was french he said i want to buy a go-kart so i can go and drive f1 someday with my mullet it it took two years to grow this mullet that's dedication i'm just saying we aren't growing them in america like this anymore this gin alpha has dedication and i i just want to support little mullet boy there was 600 entries and now it's down to 25. There's a teens division, there's open red division, and then there's the kids division on mulletchamp.com. So you can go vote on mulletchamp.com and you can also check out the Hall of Fame with previous mullets, you know, famous mullets, you know, Billy Ray Cyrus, Andrea Gossi, uh, Blake Shelton, Kenny Powers, Mario Lopez, Mel Gibson, Patrick Swayze, Bono, Joe Dirt, the 2020 uh, mullet kids winners of the past, you know, just, I mean, just just, just heroes in in this, you know, heroes in this, uh, this contest. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm hoping one day we, we see some more gender diversity in the kids division. Cause right sure. now it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty male, uh, you know, boy dominant, but I'm hoping one day, one day we're going to get a female mullet champ, but you know, one can dream, one can dream, you know, you could be the first one. I don't know if America's ready for, <laughs> for you in a mullet, <laughs> a female to lead the mullet championships you know what if she gets her period you know um, oh my god and then all of a sudden she has the mullet nuclear code yeah, yeah she has the mullet mullet nuclear codes exactly like what I if know. the bears come 
Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Hey, Erica. Yeah. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's time for the dumpster fire of the week. Oh my God. Excited to talk about this one. Let's do it. From ideas.ted.com say three person committee in Iceland that approves and rejects baby names. We, you know, I don't want to say we need this because I'm not trying to stifle anyone's creativity, but I'm, I'm not mad that this exists. So <laughs> Iceland's extreme efforts to keep their language pure, which I don't know about that, but extends to what people call their newborns, but the days of these official namekeepers appear to be numbered. So I think it started with these people trying to figure out if the name Cleopatra is Icelandic and the committee came to a no because like they rejected it because the letter C has no place in the Icelandic alphabet. And now people are like, that's kind of stupid. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, you know, politically, Iceland's one of the most world's liberal nations. It was the first European state to give women the right to vote. Uh, The sole country to date whose government has been led by a lesbian. In language, though, it's very conservative. So it, it goes back hundreds of years to the sagas and premise that nouns and verbs and adjectives that speak of the bleak winters you know uh, uh fire iron glow bright but these are in icelandic terms that i'm not even going to begin to pronounce because i don't love jort <laughs> uh jarn. so sorry uh, i'll do it <laughs> yeah okay um but essentially um these these terms are um you know their their nouns are male and female gendered so all their nouns have genders so there is a committee that's appointed every four years to supervise and adjudicate the approval of names. So, yeah. So basically, you when you have a child in Iceland, you have you know if you wanted to to be a citizen in Iceland and and live there, you know not if you immigrate, but if you are born and have this, you want to you have to get it approved. You know, I, I'm not here to shit on culture, but it is funny. Like, some cultures are funny. And Icelandic culture, it's giving Viking in a major way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just kind of like, as someone who's not affected by this, I kind of like that there's just a group of three people being like, nope. Yeah. Nope, that doesn't sound like uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to yell that if I was on a ship. A know? little bit, like I, I mean, I, 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 I'm also very like, fuck you. I'll do it. I, you know, don't. I'll do it. Don't tell me what to do. But sure. also, I kind of like somebody just been like, I don't want to write that down. I don't want to say that. No, uh, so I just don't think that that one's good. Like, I think that's a bad one. I think you can do better. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> this kid's gonna have this for the rest of their life and it would yes. just be best if you yeah. named them something like yeah. fierro which means yeah. tomorrow morning yeah <laughs> or- give that dog give that to your dog give yeah. that name to your dog yeah <laughs> so uh they gained iceland gained independence from denmark in 1918 
And, you know, their obsession with rooting out every trace of foreign influence in their language grew very fierce. And they're, you know, as technology expanded and the world shrank, the purest efforts intensified. So since the 1960s, Iceland's universities regularly put their eggheads together to evaluate the change in language <laughs> and keep tabs on the media, lest a foreign word persuade any Icelandic coinage. Fingers will wet be wagged at the TV or radio presenter who says peer pressure rather than the Icelandic. Okay, bear with me. Jafnan John Bobson Stang on Junger. Yeah. Anyway, so that was great. Thank you so much. Don't anybody look it up. So yeah. Um, so th- this kind of stems from from a, a court case. So in 2012, an adolescent's parents took a gender influenced decision to the committee in order to overturn it. So they wanted to give a girl the name uh what we would i would say in english we would say blair so it's written b-l-a-e-r but it's the icelandic e you know a kind of backwards they got weird kind of shit like their vowels like weird we all know blair would be more you know yeah in english we would say blair kind of a more you know uh girl typical name but i know male blairs it the noun is male but it means gentle breeze, but it is a masculine word in Iceland, a masculine noun for a baby girl. What was this you know, parent thinking? So the priest baptized them with this name. So you have to have your name approved within six months of the baby's born. So the priest apologized and tried brokering a compromise with the parents. So he you know, tried suggesting fine-tuning the name to uh, Bladis, a perfectly good girl's name, but the couple wouldn't fucking hear of it. So the mother, Bajork, last name redacted, told the court her story. And so she found the name Blair in the much-loved 1957 novel, The Fish Can Sing, by <laughs> uh, uh, the country's only Nobel Prize winner in literature, and essentially, you know, um, she said Blair can be a female character. So the, you know, the author had made Blair a female character. So she said if she ever had a daughter, she would name her Blair. So in 1997, her daughter was born and baptized in a female name. So she told the committee and the committee rejected the name. But she wrote a letter pleading to the prime minister and the archbishop. Five years later, when the family traveled to the U.S., the girl's passport gave her the legal name Stulka, girl. It was like a game. Teachers and friends, she was Blair. Now the girl, 15, and before long, she would marry and pass the name down to her own children. It was why the mother and daughter decided to sue. So, hui. So the Solicitor General summoned up behalf of the committee. He allowed Blair to sound less feminine. So he said it would represent a big step for the court to determine Blair could belong to either a child of either sex. This is, yeah. So, so it's like a whole big court case of whether, you know, Blair could represent either gender as a name in the Icelandic naming committee. So, am I just like too much of a lazy conformist that I'm like, all right, then I want to mean to name her Blair. So I'll just name her something else. Oh, I, I would, I would literally fight this to my last goddamn dollar. If someone told me, it just, it's just that someone told me no. You know what I mean? I, I, if I had something, it was like, Oh, I'm sorry. You said no. Oh no, no, no. Oh no, no, no. I will. I will find the most 
minute law written in like 1680 about pigs that will be you know what i mean like if if something could mean you know what i mean i will find case law that will back my theory and be like write it that this law was written here it applies to this case fucking fight i, I that's just that's just who i am but you anyway flourish in congress oh god yeah i did do like a mock government in college and like a mock government organization and truly found like obscure loopholes and had just for you know for fun and would would come up with the most ridiculous arguments of why I could do the things that I wanted to do it was truly so fun so fun and then people would have to be like okay this law was written about hay in the 1920s but I guess it applies to kids learning about okay, fine. Give it, it technically it's on the books. You have to give it to her. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. So like you could become a Republican congressman <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> oh, well, you know, this, this says that women are, yeah, yeah. are fish. The official rules of names in Iceland. So the name giving a child must be given a name before the age of six months. A personal names register includes all assigned names that have been approved. A special act of law applies to the giving of names. So child must be given a name being christened in the national church or in a registered religious association by notification of giving name to the registered Iceland, which provides forms for this purpose. Basically you have to be picked from the list. Like it's a menu. You have to say one of these. Yes, this is the name um, for the list. And you know, it, it must uh, have a, a genitive ending or have been adopted through custom in the Icelandic language must be adaptable to the structure of the Icelandic language and spelling conventions does not cause the bearer embarrassment huh. and person cannot have more than three personal names. I, that does not cause the bearer embarrassment, I think should be oh, like a rule for every, every yeah. event. That's the, that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, maybe this is, uh, maybe they got that right. Maybe this makes uh, a little bit of sense. Everything else I'm like, back off. But uh, that I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Hey. Yeah. Iceland, uh, maybe loosen up a little bit, but keep that rule. Keep that rule. <laughs> what are you hoarding? I'm hoarding a book called Pirate Queens, The Lives of Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed by Rebecca, Exal- by Rebecca Alexandra Simon. Cool. Yeah, it's about, you know, lady pirates back in the, the heyday of pirates. and their- Yarg. Yarg, their lives. And, and you know, they kind of lived, you know, the, the, pretty openly. You know, they were like, yeah, bitch. We're lady pirates and do what we say, you know, get some, get some. Okay. We're going to steal your shit. And yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, oh my God, what was it? I, <laughs> I came across a, a pirate in San Diego when I first moved here and I was, you know, like a, a character and I was talking to him and he was like, oh, I'm a independent cargo re reassigner or something like he was you know explaining i was like oh are you a pirate you know kind of talking to him and he's like oh i'm an independent cargo reassigner and i was like oh you steal shit for a living that's fine that's a fun way of saying that you know just (laughs) can i take your picture and he was like yeah five dollars and i was like great this is the last five dollars to my name okay (laughs) worth it for a picture with a pirate (laughs) that's funny yeah so anyway what are you hoarding I can't remember. Did you already hoard this? If not, I'm doing it again. But the uh, train wreck Woodstock 99 documentary. I I haven't hoarded. I have watched it. I haven't 
recorded it, we should probably do a, a bonus episode on it. Because uh, it's we watched it last night, which like miss me if you ever try to ask me to watch a movie over two hours. But this is a three part series that took me three hours to watch, and I sat through it no problems. So I don't know what's up with like the mentality of like, I can't watch a movie, but I can watch multiple episodes of a something posing as a TV show. But anyways, train wreck Woodstock 99. It's, um, it's about the Woodstock 99 festival and what a shit show it was and how it all came together and how it went, where it went wrong. It was really interesting. It was fun. And they have people from like every side of mm-hmm. it, you know, like of like the promoters to the people who, went to the people who played to the people who like were on the team putting it together who thought it was a bad idea like it was it was cool i um i had a lot of fun watching it and i recommend it it's on netflix yes as someone that has thrown um, been a part of multiple music festivals it's as if they just said nah nothing's gonna go wrong we're gonna be all right yeah, they really trusted the process and it it backfired. I mean, just like the simple fact of like, you know, they talk about how people started to get really crazy and like, you know, they were trying to blame like Fred Durst at one point for the reason. It's like, well, you, are you sleeping under a rock in the nineties? Like, you know, what happens at Limp Biscuit concerts yeah, and things like, I don't know. It was, it was just very interesting. And I, I felt bad for, you know, some of the different acts and, yeah, it was a cool documentary. I won't spoil it. Just watch it. And, you know, our friends, ICP, yeah. played Woodstock 99. So Insane Clubhouse, uh, they did? Yeah. They were the first act to incite the crowd. They would throw $100 bills into the audience and watch gleefully while the melee ensued. Wow. They didn't. They weren't in the documentary. Also, shout out to the juggalo who left us a five-star review. Yes, thank you so much. That was amazing. Guys, we see your reviews. So when you say mean stuff, we read it and it hurts. But most of the time we see really nice, great stuff and we really appreciate it. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you to the Juggalo. Thank you to the Juggalos. A phrase I didn't know if I'd ever say, but thank you to the Juggalos. Hey, to the Juggalo family. What are you throwing out? All right, I feel like I'm going to get some shit. Okay. And uh, I'm going to say not, not table side made but canned chunky salsa fucking eat a tomato if you want that kind of chunky salsa like, no no if it's if it's somebody making mocha heck like salsa and a mocha heck at my table fresh i'll eat a chunky salsa all day but a chunky salt like a paste picante chunky salsa just fucking eat us eat a tomato with a, a jalapeno and some salt in your mouth and call it a day no no put that shit in a blender <laughs> re-blend it no 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 chunky salsa from fucking a can or a jar no 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 okay fresh tableside homemade different fucking paste picante you know the commercial that like what are you what are you from new york city like yeah that's how i feel about that no absolutely not what chunky salt do you remember those commercials commercials? no oh my okay so there was these commercials in in like the 90s and they are like the most insane thing but it it would be like cowboys sitting around like you know old west cowboys sitting around like fire 
fireplaces, you know, like a fire pit at night. Oh, we're going to have this kind of salsa. And then they would be like, what are you from? New York City? Question mark. It's like the 80s and 90s. The next sentence that they had to cut, I'm sure, was just like, like some kind of a slur. You know what I mean? Like the director was like, keep going, improv, improv, you know, call them, call them a name, uh, say the F word. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the, the direction on set was like, keep going. How else can you demean Play with this it. person? Play with it. Yeah. Is there a racial slur or, or something homophobic you can say to the person to insult his taste in salsa? Keep going. Like it was just to insult the, 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 the tone of salsa that you're bringing to the campfire. Sure. Uh, but Google Pace Picante fire commercial and you'll see a ton of these YouTubes. They were just horrible, but that's how I feel about it. Pace Picante, get the fuck out. You're not salsa. Chunky salsa, get out of here. Anyway, I said it. Okay. I said it. That's how I feel. But yeah, you look up these old commercials because you know that the director was like egging on the improv on set and they had to, the editor was like, <laughs> I got to cut all this shit out like every one of these actors would have been canceled if the director's vision had been you know to final cut <laughs i don't know it was the 90s maybe not. it was the 90s yeah <laughs> in hindsight they probably would have let it fly anyway what are you throwing out just we go to the dog park a lot and uh i'll go ahead and say it even though he doesn't like that i say it but taylor has become a bit of a dog park karen <laughs> um <laughs> very very <laughs> he doesn't do anything you know but like there's a couple moments where like pe- we see people breaking the rules because there's rules for the dog park mm-hmm. and he'll be like if that if that dog comes near pretzel like i'm gonna i'm gonna cause a scene i'm gonna lose it <laughs> like no you're not no you're not <laughs> he loves to do that though and so my but what really pisses me off pretzel's a puppy she's learning but she's a little she comes on hot you know, she loves everything. She loves everyone. She loves food. Pisses me off when people break a rule and the rule being to not bring food and treats into the dog park. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. first of all, the circle people that I've talked about, these fucking people, they bring burritos and all kinds of shit. Like they sit there and they have their dinner together in the dog park. Do. And I'm like, of course they do. I was like, piss. Like, why are you doing this? But whatever, like, that's one thing. But what really pisses me off is the people who bring dog treats into the dog park because, yeah, but you can't, do, you can't, the haves and the haves nots, riles the dogs all up. Also, like, you know, dogs these days are sensitive compared to dogs in the past, but like, there's dogs with allergies and things like that. And so people bring dog treats and then they get swarmed. My dog's right there with them, jumping and going fucking nuts, which it's like, oh my God, I'm trying to teach her to not do that. But what is she expected to do when there's some stranger waving around fucking jerky strips with 17 other dogs and she's a baby. And so she, anyways, so I like, this happened like twice now where like, I'll have to walk over and be like, pretzel, like, no, like quit jumping. Like, and then one time, like I taking her away from the person and the person didn't even acknowledge me mm-hmm. and i'm like you're here first of all you're breaking one of the rules where you're not allowed to be here with more than three dogs this person was obviously some sort of dog sitter he had six dogs there and mm-hmm. he was giving out treats and it was making all the other dogs go fucking nuts and also don't give my dog a treat you don't know my dog you don't know her allergies so that guy didn't even acknowledge me even though i was like 
ah, like, stop, like, hold on. And then he just like was ignoring me. And I'm like, I've seen you speak to other people. I know you can hear me. You're a fucking asshole. And then there was yesterday, which this woman had a bunch of like beef strips get swarmed and pretzels all over her along with other dogs. And she's like, ah, what do I do? And so I pulled pretzel away and she's like, I'm happy to give her one. And I was like, no, thank no. you. She shouldn't be jumping like, no. And I pull her away. And then I look like the asshole, but I'm like, lady, you've got like eight or nine people's dogs swarming you. You're not supposed to bring food in, but like, I do, I want to be the person to be like, Hey, just so you know, it's like actually against the rules to bring dog treats into the dog park. Like I want to do it, but I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Anyways, I'm, th- I'm, I'm throwing that out. Like it, take, don't bring, don't bring shit that, you know, is going to rile up other dogs into the mm-hmm. dog park. Like if it's a dog toy, it's a ball, whatever, that's different. But like, y- you shouldn't be feeding other people's dogs at all. it makes it difficult you know i get it it pisses me off yeah i get it well where can they find you where can they find these these takes where can they find these (laughs) images of pretzel online at Cass cardenas on instagram and twitter where can they find you at iconic erica curry at gilly gal on the twitter and they can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And they can find us at Trashy Trashy Podcast at www.trashytrashypodcast.com or at Trashy Trashy Podcast at gmail.com, where you can tell us why you're trash. You can send us stories. And we absolutely love it when you send us voice memos, when you send us stories. And we love a five star review. We love hearing your juggalo stories. We love hearing why you're trash and it means the world to us. So continue to do so. If you want to become a supporter of this podcast financially so that I can put gasoline on Cassandra to get the paint off, you can do so at the bottom of the episode description at the anchor support this podcast. There are 99 cent, 4.99 and 9.99 levels and we would appreciate it so much. So, hey Cass. What's going on girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage, girl. I will. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.